Spend $29 or more on Healthery's Vitamins at Chemist Warehouse and get a free reusable fold-away bag. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. game today. He's clearly got a directive and Walker's the ball playing with and here's Addo Carr in space down the wing. He's going to kick ahead. Blue jumpers trying. Addo Carr's after it. It's one of the great origin tries. Turning the corner. He can celebrate. He can soak it all in. The crowd warmly welcoming the yellow jersey who will ride tomorrow into Paris as the winner of the 2022 Tour de France, Jonas Vengegaard. Follow to put a full stop on this game, which he does. Springboks too good on the day. And they get the victory and the first win of the Rugby Championship by 26 points to 10. If New South Wales get up, I think Cozy Walker will become player of the match. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for New South Wales 5'8", Cody Walker. Congratulations, Cody, and thank you very much. <laughs> Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. I cannot believe Kempi. I picked something, would you believe it? <laughs> I didn't even know, but I'm not going to gloat about it. Yeah, I'm not going to tell the world everything, I'm not going to say anything about it. But uh, yeah, Cody Walker, very, very good last night on that left edge. Bradman Best, Josh Adokar, Tedesco, they just destroyed them. After Fafita scored the first try, you didn't pick that, did you? I'm not saying anything. I'll let Sammy talk about that one. I was about to turn his mic you off, so that's good. You didn't pick that, eh? You didn't pick that, eh? Well, you, nah. you, let's just leave it for nah, everyone else to decide. he picked the multi and one, one of the leagues didn't oh, come in. He can't help himself. Look at him. He can't help himself. Turn his mic off. <laughs> what was the multi? Yeah. He's trying to talk, but yeah, I've got his was, mic off. What was the multi? He did my mic off. Oh, Look, I'm going to ta- play my side of the story, and then uh, Kempi can paint his side of the story. Now, he's shown me all the okay. messages, and I firmly believe that it confirms my side of the story, and hopefully Captain K will back me up here throwing him under the bus. But Kempi all day yesterday was throwing out David Fafita, first try scorer, Jeremiah Nanai, anytime try scorer, 
or flip them. Jeremiah Nanai, first time try scorer. David Fafita, any time try scorer, right? So he was throwing out a two-leg multi, is I it? heard two. I and then Fafita goes yeah. and scores first, and Kempi starts running around the office showing the text message, like the first line that says Fafita, first try scorer. It's like his <laughs> thumb over the bottom line so you don't see the second leg in the multi. I said, mate, you don't get six of the seven power balls and say you won lotto, you know? <laughs> my thumb, my thumb over the... My thumb over the, the text. It says, Jeremiah Nano or David Fafita, first try scorer or any time try scorer, either way. So not only did that get sent to the giddy up in Aussie. And same game multi. And if you wanted to do a multi, I guess like Sam did, that's how oh, he put so, it. So I, come on, I, I get I get a multi out of that. Do you? Well, then you, you, didn't, get, then you didn't get paid either. And then I'll just, get, I'll just, send, one, I'll just send one out. I just sent another little message out that went out last night, and I'm pretty sure, Izzy, that you're part of this group too, aren't you? But, um, yeah, here we go. I'm thinking <laughs> Nanai or Fafita first first try scorer, and either any time try scorer. So is that a multi too, is it? It is, because you so use the word and. That's a guess. <laughs> so you go. And either any time try scorer. That's right. So yeah. and, or. Yeah, and. No, no, want, no, no, there's so no or, there's an and. Hey, look. You, so and and if and you what? want to anytime try scorer. <laughs> so plenty if of people. If you want to, if you want to, that's entirely up to entirely up to you. That's entirely up to you. Entirely. People putting their life savings on this man. Come on. <laughs> no, Sammy, you didn't put anything on it. You didn't put anything on it. So plenty got paid last night. And yes, Izzy, you picked uh, Cody Walker as player of the day. But yeah, there was one angry man this morning when he walked in, and that was the little man with the glasses on, Sammy Young Rap. Oh. <laughs> because he missed it. <laughs> oh, man. I, honestly, I seen Fafita score the first try, and I thought, oh, that uncle picked that. But he went in I too. So he probably, yeah, got rivered. But anyway, that's okay. That's okay. Kempi, what did you make of the game, mate? Quickly. I thought, I thought New South Wales absolutely dominated defensively. Like, if you saw the speed mm. that they got off the line um, oh, for 80 minutes, you know what I mean? They just they were relentless defensively, and that allowed them just to, to win that battle in the middle of the park. Uh, and Cody Walker going down that left edge, like you said, they exposed that left edge. I was really surprised at how easily they uh, they went through down that side. Tedesco played really well, I thought, you know, after having two average yep. games. Um, Cody Walker was the difference. I thought, you know, when they moved it to him, that pass that he threw across to, uh, to Best on the first first break was just like, man, how did you pick that out? And you, if you have a look at the head-on behind um, – when, that, when he's running towards the camera behind Valentine Holmes, you can see Valentine Holmes gets absolutely caught flat-footed because he didn't know who was going to actually get the ball. And that's the difference with Cody Walker. The disappointing thing about that, and it, it took Freddie Fittler uh, three games to work out that Cody Walker was the best 5'8". Oh. You know, because he, dif- he was a difference. He got the team up. That was a given 74,342 fans, you know what I mean? Like... In front of a, 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 a raucous New South Wales crowd, um, mate, it just goes to show you how hard it is these days to get a clean sweep. But Cody, for me, Cody Walker, well, I don't know why he didn't start the first two. He looked so good. He looked very, very good at, in that performance. And Sammy Hewitt, I know you got a couple of stats to rattle off in regards to that game, my friend. 
Yeah, so um, like yeah, we've talked about for the last five minutes, uh, David Fafita going over first, which maybe did single, uh, signal that uh, it was going to be much the same for New South Wales. But yeah, standout performances from Bradman Best. Um, I thought Stephen Crichton was very, very solid defensively as well. So good centre good. Good pairing there. Teddy, like you said, stepped up. Then Cody Walker, uh, he does get uh, man of the match as well. Um, they turned around a lot um, from uh, the, the first couple of games. The possession stats were pretty equal through game one and game two, Kempi, particularly in game one, where New South Wales probably could have won that game. It was just the last 15 minutes where Queensland scored two tries. So position-wise they were pretty much spot on. Uh, run meters they were spot on. Uh, line breaks they were spot on. So it was actually an even game um, but New South Wales uh, maybe with the emotional factor of, of trying to avoid a whitewash and being in New South Wales um, that's what got them over the line uh, 14 points. 10 big question now, Kimby Does that is that enough to keep uh, Freddie's job? I, I think I think it is. I, th- I think it is. I think you know they'll look at that and go you know selections he got right and against the Queensland side. I think it was still a flip of the coin, even when they went out to to 10 points. Like, Queensland had three clear-cut opportunities, Valentine Holmes a couple, um, and they just couldn't get the ball down. You know, they just couldn't get the ball down. They get a couple of those, and it goes right down to the wire. It was New South Wales ball, you know, um, game. They got the rub of the green last night. I thought they got a few uh, penalties that Queensland could have got coming out of yardage a bit easy, but... No, you, you take that that home home ground advantage and that question about Freddie Fitlow, I think it was uh, the the reason why it was answered, you know, that I think he holds on to the job, Sammy, because I don't think there really is anyone else to replace him that wants it. Mm. Yeah. Well he spoke to Mark Gasson. He actually tipped it out too, New South Wales by fourteen. If you remember that, Kimpy. So if you're listening to that and you wanted to pick the scoreline, Mark Gasney actually picked it. But yeah, I think that's the the situation there as well, Kimpy. Like they don't have anyone else. Board Cordner, you t- threw out his name uh, last night. Is he the next best? But I, I think Fitler stays on. I think he's figured out, like you said, what what was their woes. They they tried to attack that right edge uh, for Queensland all series. They didn't get in any games with Jerome Luai, They had Liam Martin. Um, you know, they had a, uh, quite a quality uh, row of players there on that left edge, but they weren't able to expose him. Cody Walker, his ability to go up that line, go on that 45-degree angle and then straighten up and then hit Bradman Best on a great line. Uh, you know, like that, that first try, and they just got disallowed when um, Best was, had his foot right in front of the kick. Mate, they had, he had two, three players in, in space there. In, in motion. He had the option, so... Yeah. Mm. And just one, just oh, one quickly, good. just one quickly. Reese Walsh not playing, all right. The way that he skips across that line at speed and puts the defensive line under pressure, that was sorely missed last night for Queensland. Yeah, and also um, I'll give you credit where credit's due, Kempi, but I always will. I'll, I'll let you know that I always give you credit when credit's Thank due. You, sir. And you said uh, Jerome Luai might never play uh, Origin again. Well. That's might it. have got an answer last night, to be honest, with Cody Walker. So that'll be very interesting in twenty twenty four. Yes, Kempi, I like that little uh, shirt rub you just did there. Hey, you wiping off that little, hey, little chest flick there. Hey, pick it. Oracle Kempi's all over. But, uh, well, Kempi's all things lycra as well. And uh, the Tour de France is in well flight at the moment, Sammy Hewitt. Yeah, it is, boys. We're at uh, stage 11. Just finished up stage 11 uh, of the Tour de France, and we've got the defending uh, champion, uh, Jonas Vinegar, who is uh, yeah, from Denmark, and he uh, he won last year. He's leading at the moment only by 17 seconds, which uh, I know we're going to talk to Dale Woodford a bit later on. I want to ask him if that's uh, normal in the Tour de France to be leading by 17 seconds. At 46 hours they've raced so far. 
17 seconds is a, is a very wow. small margin for 46 <laughs> hours. So, um, and then it's like a couple, I think it's like a, a couple of minutes before, but to the to the person in third place. So, uh, yeah, they're in stage 11. Look, I, I don't know a lot about the Tour de France. I know it's the most watched sporting event in the world ahead of the FIFA World Cup, ahead of the Cricket World Cup in India. Um, so that's because of all the Indians. It's amazing to me that it is, but I guess 21 stages, it's it's long enough. Um, but yeah, I'm very interested to hear from from Dalwa what this stage of the race brings because obviously you have, um, it's sort of split into blocks where you've got, you know, mount, you've got the climbing sort of section, you've got sprint sections, etc. So where's the race at sort of now? Who does it favour? Um, and can this uh, Jonas Vinegar hold on? We'll yeah. wait and see. I, th- I think it's around now that they start to, Say like who the favourites for the, the the Tour de France are because you got all that that climbing. If you look at the, the thing about the Tour de France, it was really picturesque, like the the helicopter shots of the the cyclists on those big long flat straights, and then when they're coming up over the hill, you don't really see it when they're climbing the hill. You think, oh yeah, they're just cycling. But then they come up over a hill, and you go, "Man, they've been they've been cycling up that that hill." I don't know how they, have, <laughs> have, they haven't hopped off it and pushed their bike, you know, for so long. So I think it's one of the one of the intriguing sports to watch. Um, the real interesting part about this one, I turned it on the other day to watch it, and a lady standing there with the you know the flags at the ice cream shop, those little V flags, mm. and they hung, hung around the doors. She had those, she had those, and she's waving them. Got tied up in the bikes and just rolled them all over, mate. So the big a big part that's happening, and we'll talk to him about that, is the amount of people that are getting injured and and stopped by by fans, just by the stupidity of fans getting so close to them. So um, I'm looking forward to that chat. That's a that should be a good one coming out of France uh, this time of the year. And I'm pretty sure that we've got lots of listeners here that like to put on your favourite clothes, Izzy Lycra, and get out there and <laughs> yeah. and do the do the tour de France this time of year. <laughs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I've watched um, a couple of Netflix on, on the situation that unfolded with, obviously, uh, Lance Armstrong and what went on in cycling. It just put a real dampener. Put a real um, dampener on, on you know, the, the cycling and, and how much credibility it has. So now you've always got in the back of your mind with these cyclists, when they are biking up these hills and they're doing what they do, I mean, you don't try and put a a mark over every single athlete because of one person or two people's decision to make to take uh, performance-enhancing drugs. But you kind of get a sense. It's like, man, how much do you believe? But some of those stages, I travelled through south of France. I saw one of the mountains that they climb, and I was thinking, wow, it is absolutely crazy. But, yeah, Dal Woodward uh, will be coming up after 7 o'clock, and we'll be talking some cycling, and we can't wait to share that with you. We've got Al Chirac, Sports and Connection to the Land, we got Victor Matfield after eight talking Springboks and All Blacks. And uh, just on that, let's rip into this, will we, Sammy? Can't wait question of the day. All right, boys, uh, All Blacks team getting named. Is it today or tomorrow? 48 hours. Today, is it? Yep. Yeah, 48 hours. In the morning, 1.20 a.m. No, yeah, Jesus, don't do that again, <laughs> folks. Uh, 12.30 today, and I think there's a fair question mark over who is number 10, boys. Now, for a lot of people, it's probably quite simple, but um, I think there is question marks. Damien McKenzie was great against Argentina, and Springboks, yeah. you know, do you do you try something? I was listening to Beaver last night, and he was suggesting, you know, you, you throw something a bit different at them. Like, if we... If we do what's sort of tried and true, and that's Bowden at the back and Richie at 10. Like, we might get exposed there. Why not throw Damien in there for a little bit of spice, whether it is at 10 or 15? But um, I think that's the Cartway question of the day. Today, who do you want to see at number 10? 
on Saturday for the All Blacks for the Springboks? Who do I want to see or who do I think? Well, why don't you go for a bit of both? Why don't you say who do you want to see, who do you oh. think you'll see? Uh, look, I'm, I can't. I don't want to be a turncoat, eh, Trent? So at the start of this, I was calling um, for Richie to start. I think he was just ahead of D-Mac in the, in the performance. He's played a lot. Like D-Mac's played limited time at 10, but man, oh, man, did he look good against Argentina, over in Argentina. So I, I would love to see Richie back and having a crack, but I think Foster will re- reward um, game time and a quality game from DMAC, and I think DMAC will start at 10, which, to be completely honest, I'm not mad about. There you go. I, uh, for me, like I said, it, you know, like if you're starting Will Jordan at fullback, you start Richie Maunga. You know what I mean? Because of that combination. DMAC, if he starts at 10, and Bodie didn't go too bad on the weekend, you're probably going to kind of go with Bodie at fullback. So I think you can't pick Sam. For me, you can't pick one without the other. Mm. Uh, I don't think they, I don't think they'll go Richie Moonga, Bodie Barrett. The hesitation that I've got um, is is um, Argentina, and don't sort of want to take too much away from them. A lot of those guys nah, haven't played you a lot can't of buy too much into it. No, and, and a lot of those guys haven't played international rugby in a while, and. The thing that stuck out for me in that first 20 minutes was actually, yes, the All Blacks were, were ruthless and, and the ruck speed was quick, but man, were the Argentinians slow, both with the line speed and, and, and with their ruck. And the, we know the South Africans are going to be the opposite. Ball, I thought their ball handling was really um, like uh, clunky. You know, mm. like they, their passes weren't crisp. They were always reaching back to get it. Yeah. When it was going out, they were all over the show and they just weren't really, really crisp. And you're dead right about the South Africans. Yeah, they're, you don't get they're that luxury. No, nah, they're don't the get opposite. Their the ruck is going to be so physical, so quick. Um, and they, I mean, they'll slow the game down, right? They'll they'll take their time getting to line outs and scrums. Yeah, the forwards will be sucking in the big ones. But um, the line speed, particularly on defence for the Springboks, you know, we've got to be careful that what we saw from D Mac and Bodie on the weekend. You know, isn't a reflection of what they can do against the Springboks, but um, yeah. yeah. I just, I'm, I don't know, bro. Like, I just, I can't pick where Fozzie's at. You know, like we don't know, and, and it's like kind of like you're clutching every week. You're like, uh, will Fozzie remain loyal and and show loyalty to some uh, solid performance? You got to be honest. Like they played well against Sardinia, but you cannot take too much. From that, because the South African team that they've announced, holy hecka. Yeah, and we talked um, about but... we, we talked about that last week. Um, how as fans and spectators and, and media, you know, it's days of the, the days are gone where you can predict the All Blacks team because yeah, you just yeah. it's just been such a gamble over the last couple of years. Uh, you're right, as no one really knows what Fozzie's going to do. I don't do. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, mate. You might know you know halfback, you know lock, and you potentially know uh, hooker. But outside, that may be the midfield. I'll tell, I'll tell you that, this. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. He ain't going to get the the liberty um, that I guess Eddie Jones is is, is getting uh, if that scoreline is 43-12 to the Springboks on Saturday night. You know, and if you think about it that way, mate, he's going to pick a team that can go out there and absolutely he thinks in his, in his eyes wins before giving blokes a chance because you don't want to come off Mount Smart Saturday afternoon, is he? And uh, you're mm. being beaten by 40 points. Yeah. 
but I just don't know who he thinks. <laughs> when usually you're like, okay, I know who he's thinking, but we don't know. Oh, man, it's confusing as hell. But anyway, 12.30 today. We'd love to hear from you on the Temper Bed Post text machine, double eight double three. Can't wait. Question of the day. Who would you have at 10 against the Springboks? Keep those messages coming through. We've got a big show. Victor Mutfield after 8 o'clock to preview that game on Saturday. Played against him a couple of times. Absolute legend. A nice bloke. Off the field, but on the field, ooh, intimidating as hell. Anyway, we'll shoot off. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter. We're Sleep 60s from Chemist Warehouse, only 19.19. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, banging that chest like a gorilla as Tony Kempers. If you missed it, go and check out our socials. You'll see Kempi banging his chest at the zoo. Never seen a gorilla like it. I'll tell you what, young Charlie was happy. Young Charlie was happy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're telling everyone else, but you ain't telling your actual teammates. Oh. Well, why yeah, would you tell you're just too like, cryptic, can, can I just say this? You're cryptic about it, Kimpy. Why would you tell... Like, bang why it you... straight on the nose. Say, for feet of first try, bang, this is the next one. Oh, I'm, I'm Sammy, but you don't. Sammy Brown, you got, Sammy and Brown and that. got paid. Can you, can you answer me this I'm question, sorry, Sammy, honestly? Yes. Tony, Jump in. can you answer, answer me this question, honestly? Um, yesterday, when we were sitting in uh, the big boss's office and we were talking about putting on some multis for State of Origin, did you or did you not say to Captain K... I'd go David Fafita, first try scorer, Jeremiah Nana, inner time try scorer, put 10 bucks on them and then flip it. Do Jeremiah Nana, first try scorer, David Fafita, any time and put 10 bucks on each. Did you not say that? Yeah, I probably did. Now you did. Yeah, I probably no, did. Probably you did say that, right? But, but that's how he wanted to have a bet. He want, That was a $71. <laughs> yeah, but see, do so you know, I do you look know what at Fafita that? was paying for first try scorer? On his own? Yeah, and oh, Nanai? Probably, well, they're probably in the 20s. Yep, so it depends on what you want. So if you're betting $2 coins, like Captain K, you take the $71. But if you're betting $200, probably take the 17s. Yeah, okay. So the thing is, if I am uh, an investigator and I'm um, piecing the puzzle together here, <laughs> yes. and, I'm th- yes. and I'm thinking, like, you're throwing out to people... <laughs> To, to put it into a multi, you're saying David Feeder first time, Jeremiah and I anytime, or just flip it and go the other way. You're saying that to people around the office. Then you're sending messages saying David Feeder and Jeremiah and I either way. The evidence you, is stacked you, against you, you, Tony. I'm saying, saying that you genuinely threw it out as a multi. You, you did not throw it out as two individual ask, bets. Why don't we ask Mike? How, how good, lads? Nice wee one feeder, feeder hammer at O'Car Bradman best same game multi. Nice wee collect. Cheers, Kempy, for the feeder tip. I don't know. Maybe you're hearing it wrong, yeah, but, but you Mike know, didn't hear it wrong. Yeah, the funny thing is, I look up that number, Mike, on my cell phone, and it comes up as Tony Kemp, <laughs> and I also know it's you because you don't know how to spell for feeder. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mike. You heard that. Get on the phone. Ring him. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, how good, just Sammy. Quickly, just love it, you two. And I love that little backing track. Look, we'll shoot off and we'll get to Joe from Gizzy because he would have watched the game and he might have had a wee bet 
as well because he loves a punt. But keep those messages coming through. For me, I'm aboard the DMAC train with Richie on the bench. Let's go get him, ABs. Have a great week. Matariki. Cheers, Dave, from Karaka. The DMAC train getting some support. Richie on the bench. So no room for Bowden potentially with Will Jordan maybe taking out the fullback position, but we'd love to hear from you. I have never been that excited for a game in such a long time than this weekend. Saturday, we're going to get a real line in the sand to see where this team is at. And then uh, Monday morning, ooh, it'll be a big old Monday morning. But uh, we'll get some headlines with Sammy coming up. Oh, one of my favourite parts of the shows in the last couple of weeks is, where's Sammy Hewitt going to go? But before then, we'll get to Karen and the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Alrighty, boys, it's uh, 33 minutes past six o'clock. Nice early morning for you on a Thursday. Time for some headlines uh, with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. You two are like school children just giggling in the background. You're like <laughs> passing notes in class and, you know. Could you imagine being the principal? I could imagine you being a principal. And I can imagine expelling you on the first day. <laughs> You'd be out of here. I'd look at your face and send you home. Get out of here. Go home. Oh, well, we'll get the context of those messages. Anything. We're not planning We're a not thing, mate. You're such a We're good, actually planning you well, now, hey, I didn't even say planning. I feel like now you are planning something. <laughs> oh, well, Kez has come through and said, what are you planning? Gee, you're oh, a real okay. detective, eh? Yeah. You nah, really sleuth. know exactly sleuth. everything you say. Investigative, investigative journalist, boys. <laughs> don't really know how to start from this. I uh, I do actually have a poem that I've written about Tony, um, given this is my last day uh, before I return uh, next week. So I might I may, if he's nice to me, read that out later in the show. It's my uh, ode to Tony. But, uh, yeah, may feature. We'll see. Hey, um, LeBron James, I just... Um, where are you going? What do you mean, where am I going? With LeBron. <laughs> With LeBron. <laughs> With LeBron or next week. Um, now, I only bring this up because it's because uh, of the headline I thought was fantastic. Came out of the United States. Now, drinking age over in the US is 21, obviously 18 here in New Zealand, But um, which is actually interesting because when I went over to the States, I turned 18 in New Zealand, had about seven or eight months of you know being legal and having no care in the world. Then I go over to the States and all of a sudden I'm back to square one. Can't have a beer for three years. Um, LeBron James, his NBA career... Uh, is now old enough to drink. 21 years this year, LeBron James. How about that? Crazy when you put it in perspective of something like that. He uh, he would be, if his career was a person, it would be legal in every state in the United States. Who's had the longest career at, in top flight? Any sport Ooh, that you know of? Great like trivia. someone personally? No, I don't know anyone, any of them personally, but... Brad Thorne, probably. How long was he? So Brad, Brad Thorne. Oh, no, but he went to about 37, 38, I think. Tendulka went pretty long, Crazy. didn't he? Tendulka went because he started when he was sixteen, so he Tendulka would be up there. He went in to, close to his forties, uh, but yeah, LBJ's he's yeah. He, he's, uh, Tom Brady's probably up there as well. Tommy touchdowns. I heard something yesterday. I, I heard something yesterday, boys. Um, Michael Magic Johnson, he had two deals. So he had a deal for Converse, hundred thousand a year, and he had a deal for Nike, a hundred thousand dollars worth of shares back in nineteen eighty or something. 
That he took the Converse hundred thousand a year and got the sponsorship. That deal with Nike today would have been worth five billion. Ah dear. And he turned it down. Ah well, he's, it's not like he needs the money, <laughs> he but he doesn't need the money. But he owns a team. Um, five billion. Is five billion. It's true though. Yeah, you would take it. You wouldn't turn that down. Yeah, that's enough. Uh, you'd win plenty of first try scoring bets with that. Um, and Burger, Burger King in Thailand. Are you boys fans of uh, cheeseburgers? Yep. You love a cheese- yeah, you're not a cheeseburger fan, is he? I'm no, he's really a double whopper. Oh, double whopper. <laughs> a whopper. Ah, whopper. That's what he said. Yeah. He said, if, if I, uh, what did he say? I think it was Tuesday. He said a double whopper. That's right. You did. Yeah. Um, well, I can tell you that Burger King in Thailand um, has bought out a new burger. It's a meatless burger. You know, they do that nowadays because, you know, vegans, etc. Um, it's a meatless <laughs> burger, but it is a cheeseburger in the truest sense of the word. Two buns, 20 slices of cheese. And that's your burger. 21 slices of cheese. 20 slices of cheese and, and the two buns. Sounds like your sort of meal, Tony. Maybe a cheap meal. Oh, I don't know. I'd be following you straight to the funny pocket. <laughs> probably something. Nah, probably something you, Tony would need to block him up. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. Hey, and just finally, um, did you boys see the image of uh, old Zuck? Zuckerberg um, next to uh, Volkanovski and uh, oh. Israel saying the man's not in bad shape, fellas. He's not he's in bad shape. He's gonna annihilate Elon Musk, isn't he? Mate, he's got, he he's got Va- Volk and um, Adesanya um, coaching him, and, and Israel's put out a, a heap of socials this morning of them on his on obviously the the Zuck's boat, you know, just cruising around playing games and stuff like that. Yeah, man, he's who's shout? Uh, I got no idea. Zuckerberg. <laughs> I've just thought, like, when you got a hundred and two hundred billion, do you like still roll around for a credit card? Or I'm just thinking, you know, what, what did someone he pay? else personally sign him? <laughs> did you did you did you think the same thing when you saw it? Did you go wonder what he's paying? Yeah, I, ask, him? Wait, ask Kimpy that question. Kimpy, what's that? When you've got two hundred billion, do you rock around <laughs> with a credit card or you <laughs> two? Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway. Black white, eh, You're a bit rattled, eh, Sam? You're no, a bit not rattled. at all. Not at all, Tony. No, no, I'm just composing my poem to you. Um, I'll give you more headlines at 7.30, boys. Those are headlines for uh, tradies and builders. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Beautiful. How good, lads. Nice to see Fafita Hammer Abdo. Yep, that is from Kempi's Tip. Appreciate that one. And another one quickly from Jamie. Boys, great show. My brother-in-law is a Rabbits fan. I'm a Warriors fan. So we put 100 on them to meet in the NRL final at 51s. And if we win, we're going to tell everyone we won the trip. And my wife and his sister will be none the wiser from anonymous. <laughs> anonymous. So I won't say your name, okay? Because your name's locked in there. So I won't say it. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Love it. Okay, give us a call. 0800 to take on the Quizmaster. We've got a nice week quiz for you today. It is Matariki holiday tomorrow. So we are actually having a day off tomorrow as a team. And Sammy Hewitt, it's been a great couple of weeks. We'll be looking forward to seeing you on Monday morning. 0800 Give us a call now. Take on the Quizmaster. Reach your fitness goals with every scoop of INC range at Chemist Warehouse. Now 25% off. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. Get on your 
your phones, dial me for a win. I won't give you answers no matter what you ask me. Try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty. Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up. If you got the feeling, get the phone's lights ringing. Came to get paid, we came to get paid. So get on your phones and dial now. Call now, 0800. Call now, 150. Call now, 811. Call now, call now and get paid. Oh, yes. Let's rip into it. And I got super excited when I seen this number calling through. Oh, at under one five oh eight eleven. Brenton. Hey, you go, brother. Hey, go, brother. You Oh, mate. I bloody missed you on the quiz. Where you been? Well, I won that golf one a couple of, uh, a week ago. So I was like, oh, I'm being polite, mate. I didn't want to win it twice. So I was, uh, I've been cleaning oh. up. Oh, mate, what a champ. Have you used it yet? I haven't been. It said it's been dispatched, mate, but it hasn't come out. I haven't received it as yet, so. Okay. So as soon as All it comes, mate, I'll, 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 I'll get in there. I played golf yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's Karen's fault, mate. We'll blame Karen <laughs> in the back room. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, Captain sorry K. about that, mate. Captain K's that's just right, got mate. too much on his plate, and, you know, <laughs> he's good. saving robbers and stopping robbers and, and things like that, so we'll just forgive him for that situation. But anyway, yeah. Brendan, let's get into it. <laughs> Question number one. <laughs> Who received player of the game in last night's State of Origin game three? It's Cody Walker. Cody Walker. Straight out of my mouth. Question number two. Who will the football ferns play in their opening game? of the World Cup next Thursday? Um, I think it is... I'm an no, can I get a clue? Brother? No, no way. No way. No way. No, he said no way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet ass boys, have a good day, eh? <laughs> you got it, eh? You got it! You got yeah. it. But anyway, Princess, see you later, brother. All right, Jade from Hamilton. Good, thank you. Who will the football fans play in the opening game of the World Cup next Thursday? No way. <laughs> Question number three. Cycling. Cycling's three grand tours include the Tour de France, the Vuelta a España, and which other? The Tour of Southland. <laughs> the tour of Southland is incorrect, Jade. Have a good day. Ah, oh, let's go to Lammy. Oh, I'm it. I'm, I'm morning now, guys. I need to come to me. Oh, yeah. Cool. Have you got tour the Google now? Come two, on, brother. that's your only chance. No, tour of Manawatu. Oh, no. Tour of Manawatu, cuz. Ah, see you, Lammy. 0800 Give us a call because all you hungus fellas from Tolaga Bay and Huntley are going to spend it on food and not even golf. So we'll get to you shortly. But Mark from Tauranga, hey, God. <laughs> Here we go. Cycling. You'd be a bit of cyclist with those legs on you. Grand Tour includes the Tour de France, Vuelta, España, and which other? Euro d'Italia. 
Yeah, well done. Question number four. The Belgium Formula One Grand Prix takes place in which town? Oh, Jesus. Um, do I have a clue? Hot, bubbly water. Nah. See you later. Hey, boys. Oh, Mark, that was a great clue anyway. But anyway, that's right. You don't want it. Damon from Palmy, he wants it. Hot, bubbly water. Hot, bubbly water. Sue's, Outside. Uh, I might jump Sue's in the there. Ache. Hot. Nah. <laughs> Sorry, boys. <laughs> no good. <laughs> oh. Spa. Spa, and he's gone. Anyway, you know what? I might use this quiz. I might use this voucher. I might use this voucher, and I might give it to one of you two. One of you two. I know it's a tough day for you, you both, and I know it's been a great couple of weeks. <laughs> and I can just, I can sense it. I can sense a little bit of emotion. Um, I don't know whether it's good or bad. But hey, <laughs> worth to wait and see. But I, I can sense this. There's just something, a little bit of anxiety, you know, mm. lot, little something coming through the airways. And I, I just want to say, I'm here for you both. I'm here for you both. Okay, Sammy Hewitt, are you feeling okay? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling fine because it's, it's the last. <laughs> it's the last day I have to look at him. So no, we got a game, mate. We got a game oh, on Sunday. Bugger, we got a game on Sunday, and it's a two-hour pregame. So it's, we're gonna be locked in a booth for five hours. This is where this is how this is where it comes from, people. Like you know, me and Kimby probably spend more time with each other than we do with our wives. You know. Don't worry, mate. You'll be good. You'll be good on set, set a Sunday. Actually, I was gonna say Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, four o'clock. Uh, if you're going to tune into our CCNZ, listen to the live footy from me and Rebs. Um, I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll tell you what. Sammy's trying to to up his game. Right, I'm talking about his golf game. So yep. why don't you just give it to him? Oh, that's that's nice, Tony. That's great. Do you want me to? Um, sure. Okay, <laughs> sure. Sammy. There you go. There's a voucher. Oh. There is a voucher for you. Wow. A little bit of a departing gift for, uh, gift for three days. And then we'll see you next week. All right. So there you go. Cozy Dan. We're giving it to our very own Sammy Huat. Anyway, we'll shoot away. Come back because, I don't know, love racing? Did you pick any yesterday? No doubt you'll hear plenty from Kempi coming up. That's it. And they go forward and look towards 2024 with some optimism. Cheeky Victor Matfield. Turning the corner, he can celebrate. He can soak it all in. The crowd warmly welcoming. 
the yellow jersey, who will ride tomorrow into Paris as the winner of the 2022 Tour de France, Jonas Vengegaard. If you should Yes, I love that song. Oh, I don't know what it is, but David oh, Bowie, the vibes gun. David Bowie. Yeah, it's David just, Bowie. I just bought my first stereo with that record. I took, walked into walked into a stereo shop when I was sixteen. I just started out of the freezing works. Got a big pay packet. Walked into the when I bought the record. Walked straight into the stereo shop and put my own stereo together. Got me a NAD. Got me a NAD amp. Got me a NAD turntable. Got me a uh, I think it was a Pioneer tape deck back then. Mm. Um, yeah, man. Put it in a, in a couple of big Akai speakers that lasted like 25 years. Wow. Yes. Did you pay for that in Monopoly money or was it real money? I, mean, I, I think it was something. I think it cost something. Do you, like, like, you notice oh. how he said I got a big pay packet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, um, Tony, Tony. you should go watch the uh, video for this. Um, Izzy, it was shot in an Australian outback pub, uh, and funny little story about it is that it's got sort of people dancing in the in the middle. The people around the pub didn't have any idea; they weren't told what was going on. So their reactions are totally genuine to what the person in the middle is doing. It's a very like sort of funny dance in the middle, and they're all just like with their VBs having a <laughs> laugh, and it's all completely natural. <laughs> oh, ooh, send me the little clip through the WhatsApp group and I'll have a wee look at it. And I take it you guys don't have an ethics advisor. Make the contest hard to win and share the donated prize among ourselves. Come on. Come on. We are not taking those vouchers <laughs> to to use for ourselves. I guess if we wanted to go play at the golf course, we probably could, but we're not going to take the vouchers. They are for you, our wonderful listeners. I love giving away uh, prize packs to you. But you've got to come through and you've got to earn it. You've got to win the, uh, the quiz. That has been the first quiz that hasn't been picked up for a very long time. So tomorrow, you'll have another wee chance to have a crack at that voucher. And uh, hopefully we can give it out to you and get you all paid. Having some fun. So sorry about that if you took it the wrong way. I know it is Thursday. It's been a long week. And speaking of longevity in the game, Victor Matfield. Wow, he's had a fair... Fair crack at it too, Kempe, and he's coming up after eight. So looking forward to sharing that to you. But longest sporting career, lads, Kelly Slater in his 50s, yeah, still charging course. with the top 30 in the world. He's come through a couple of times. Scott Dixon is 43 and still going strong. Couple of legends right then and there, my friend. Yeah, and uh, one for me, Thomas Luluai. Kicked off mm. his career in 2001 and just retired, I think it was, just retired last year, 2022, 20, mate. I haven't, I don't think I've ever heard of another league player play that long at first class uh, rugby league. So, Thomas Lillewhite, obviously, his father was a legend himself, and uh, James Lillewhite, mate, that is a long career getting, you know, um, I guess, sort of in collision sport, isn't it? 20, yeah. 22 years, 21, 22 yeah, years. You got- you got to have some luck with your body in terms of that if you're able to have longevity in the physical sport that's on offer. But right now, speaking of sport, we're going to talk cycling. Sammy Hewitt, what do we got? Yep, uh, Tour de France, which is the uh, the hot topic of the day at the moment in the cycling world. 21 stages, as you know, boys. And we've just finished up uh, stage 11. Uh, Denmark's Jonas Vinegar is the yellow jersey wearer at the moment and, of course, won the Tour de France last year, going neck and neck uh, with the man who uh, won it two editions previous to 
for him and uh, Pogacar out of, I think it's out of Serbia or Slovenia. So, uh, yeah, look, it, it's starting to heat up. And um, I know you boys, uh, you take it, you take an interest in it. It is the number one a number one watch sporting event in the world. 3.5 billion viewers over the 31 days. More than the FIFA World Cup, more than the Cricket World Cup, with all the Indians watching as well. So, uh, whew, yep, those big mountains that Kempi's talking about, they're, they're right in the thick of them. Yeah, man. Look, and uh, I'll tell you what, we've got the right bloke to talk to us too. Del uh, Wildford is on the phone with us. Del, thanks for joining us this morning. I'm just going to start with this, and can you just correct me on it? It's 100 miles a day. Is that right? 100 miles a day, 21 stages that these guys have to uh, get through. Man, that's that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Um, You've got... You know, it's 23 days, two couple of rest days thrown in, so 21 stages. This tour's around 3,400 kilometres. So, yeah, there's, there's some really big days. Oh. Uh, the longest stage is around 180 kilometres. And you know, that, the, the distance is one thing. You've got the heat, and then you've also got the elevation of the mountains. So, so Dale, take us through, like, the the context of the racing because I know there's teams, there's individuals. You've got all these different coloured shirts that represent, um, you know, your yellow shirt, your green shirt, your polka dot shirt. For I think that's a, the the king of the mountains. What sort of what sort of physical um, I guess prowess do, do these guys have to be in to 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 last twenty one stages at that at hundred miles a day? Well, you, you know, you're extremely fit, aren't you? You know, you, you, you prepare, riders prepare all year now for the Tour de, well, for the Tour de France. They always have, you know, the start of the season, they map, the team will map out a long list of riders. Uh, they want to prepare for the three grand tours. There's, there's the Giro d'Italia in Italy, the Tour de France, and the Valta Spagna at the end of the year. So the three grand tours, they'll have within their squad riders that they'll target, maybe Giro, Vuelta, and then just the Tour de France squad. And then within those squads, each squad comes into the Tour with a with a different uh, motivation, different goals. You know, we, they don't all have riders that can ride for the overall classification in, in the yellow jersey. Um, and the, the team of, you know, Jesper Philipson, who's the, the top sprinter in the Tour at the moment with another stage win today, he leads that green jersey competition. Their, that team's focus as they come into the Tour is to win stages. So um, mm. that's his goal. Vingago's team is, and, and Pagatza's team is to chase the general classification. And then you'll have some teams that have a little bit of a mix of both. You know, they might want to chase a stage win, but also have someone ride in that top 10. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of different strategies within, within the different teams of the race. Yeah, so yeah, I was, that was my kind of next question. Like, how much is it actually a generally a team event? Is it more focused on them? Because you may, you basically just hear about the yellow jersey, but you kind of paint the picture of the green jersey, the kind of tactics, the specialists that that ride each stage. So it is, yeah. So it's team, but it's also an individual that they get all the accolades. Yeah, cycling is one of those sports where you've got a, a bunch of rugged individuals that have to work as a team. Um, so some of the riders know they'll come into the tour. Uh, you'll get Tim DeClerc who rides for, for, for Lotto. You know, he just, they call him the tractor because he's just on the front day in, day out. He rides more kilometres on the front of the race than anybody else protecting his team leader. You've got guys, uh, you know, Seth Kuss who rides for, for Vingago and Jumbo Visma who's still sitting in the top 10 overall. His job is to be the last man standing beside Vingago in the mountains. You've got Wout Van Aert, one of the premier winners in, in cycling um, as his role over the next sort of 
week of the tour is going to be in the mountains, do as much as he can for Vinga Go. Yeah, he could be winning, her, you know, winning himself and really chasing stages, but he sacrifices all that during the tour to look after really one man. So, yeah, you, the, the team is picked with with a certain goal, and um, that the other riders in the team uh, they they share they share in the and the joys, and they're paid to do the job, but you're, you're right, you know, if you're watching it casually, you think, gosh, that guy gets all the, all the accolades, and, you know, the other seven or guys have done all the work for him, but they don't really get a, a lot of credit. But, they, you know, they do, to, to real cycling fans, they know what's going on. Um, you know, out of the three billion people that watch the tour, there's a, there's a lot of people that are starting to understand how it works, how it evolves, um, but it, it's definitely looking after team leaders and having different goals going into the race and that changes through three weeks it's a long sporting event you've got to stay healthy you've got to stay upright you got to have a lot of, a lot of things also in your favor to to get through the tour de france okay so defending champion jonas vinegar from denmark has held the yellow jersey since stage six but only 17 seconds ahead of Tija pokaka we're talking 46 hours of racing for there to be just seven, 17 seconds between first and second at the moment is quite remarkable. Is that normal for the Tour de France? It's become, uh, over the last few years, it's, it's been a little bit more like that. I think the, the closest uh, margin at the end of three weeks was eight seconds uh, back in Greg Mon's days. So it was eight, eight seconds. Le Mans won on the very last stage into Champs-Élysées, which was a, a time trial stage. And he, he beat the Frenchman, Laurent Frignon, by eight seconds after three-odd thousand kilometres and 21 days of racing. So it can certainly come down to the wire. And I think this race is going to go all the way as well. We've seen Pogaccio uh, crack on one day where Miguel got got the time. We've seen him go crack just a little bit, not a whole lot. And Pogaccio pick up some seconds. Uh, and so those guys have got you know, a fairly good buffer in that first and second. But then you've got Joe Henley, who won the Giro d'Italia in Italy uh, last year. He's there. He's 2 minutes 40 down. And Rodriguez, um, you know, 222. They're not out of it. You know, things can go wrong on the tour. You could crash. You could puncture at the wrong time. You could, you could get sick overnight. You know, so there's a lot to race for. There's guys down there in you know, that, that ninth, tenth place. They're going to be chasing hard for it to try and get onto the podium. So a lot will change potentially could change over the next three days. We're back into the mountains. And then the, the penultimate day of the tour is also brutally hard, a really, really big mountain stage. So I think this race will come down to that second last day of the tour. Hey, Del, what have you heard about the mountain stage? Like, you know, we see it on TV. I was just talking to the boys. That helicopter shot where they're coming up over the hill, you know, when you get that that cam shot, which is directly at the bikes, you can't see the gradient, but when they come up over the hill, you think, man, how the hell did they get up there on a bike? <laughs> like, have you heard conversations around how difficult those hills are actually um, – I guess over these Your 21 stages be. to, you know, no, to, to navigate. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that brutal. Like watching Paradome um, the other day, which is just a big volcano that sticks out, out of nowhere. And it, it's just an unbelievably steep climb. Um, watching the, the best riders in the world ride up there, at, you know, they were doing 17, 18 kilometres an hour, which is incredibly fast. I think for, for, for someone like me to ride on that gradient, I'd probably be doing... If I wasn't walking, it would be at about four to six kilometres an hour. Um, during the race, you'll see on various mountain climbs, they have, have uh, Strava, which is just sort of like a global, you know, measures certain courses and distances and hill climbs where people set records and you can become the, you know, the record holder. So we're seeing some of these big climbs where we saw, I saw one the other day. 
the, the record was 17 minutes. The average punter rides up there in about 28 minutes. So that's an average good amateur cyclist. Um, wow. And the, the, pro, the pros rode up there in 13 minutes. <laughs> so the, the <laughs> level is just an, insane. And the speed they ride, like watching today's stage, they're coming in. It's a flat stage, a stage for the sprinters. But they were riding at 80 kilometres an hour. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's incredibly fast. The, the, the shoulder to shoulder, using every inch of the road, and you know they they have lycra as protection if the things go bad. Uh, <laughs> oh. I can. I'm trying to picture Kempi and a bit of lycra here, and I uh, think everyone wants to see a bit of that because he loves his cycling. Maybe uh, we'll we'll get him into it. But mate, just just quickly on, on uh, vinegar. In your eyes, is he the rider that could win again this year and potentially be a force for years to come? Uh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. He's, he's in the box seat. He's got the yellow jersey. He's got a powerful team. He he likes riding in the Alps, so they start the race started in the Pyrenees, and some riders prefer the Pyrenees to the Alps because of the, the gradients, the, the conditions, the road surfaces, etc. He likes the Alps. He performs in the Alps. They they. They believe, so the Yumbo Visma team believes Teddy Pagaccio will, will crack at some stage in the Alps. Uh, the, the, the heat, he, he has cracked in the heat before. They believe they've got the team to put pressure on. But I think, uh, you know, Pagaccio's learnt a lot as well. He's, he's in the white jersey of the best young rider. It's hard to believe he's won the tour, you know, twice and, and still the best young rider in the race. He's learnt, he's learnt a lot. He's looking strong. Um, I don't, I can't pick it. And, you know, with, with, uh, 11 stages into the race and it's so tight um, you just can't pick who's you know it's going to come down to very fine margins um, doing everything right on the bike what the team does on the bike you know your nutrition you're keeping cool getting enough water taking water when you don't really need it eating when you don't want to um, you know those those little margins are going to be what decides this tour I think yeah, look, 17 seconds, um, Dell. That's you know, after 11 stages, it's going to be a tight one. Just want to talk about the Kiwis, uh, Corbin Strong, who's racing for Israel Premier Tech, and Dion Smith for Intermark. How are their tours going and on both the individual and team level? Yeah, brilliantly. Corbin Strong's having a fantastic tour. Um, you know, he's, he's a young man, 20, 23 years of age, and making his debut in the tour, and he's he was up there again today in, in the sprint today. He was 14th in, in today's stage. He was 9th on stage 8, uh, 15th on stage 1. He's learning so much in this tour that he's a genuine contender uh, you know, for a stage win. He's getting up there in those big bunch sprints without a team dedicated to him to get him into the into a bunch sprint. Uh, but, you know, like he doesn't have seven riders leading him out, protecting him. He's doing a great job surfing wheels and gaining experience and, and getting himself up there in some like just absolutely insane situations um the speed the the margin of error but he, he's proved he's one of the you know world's best riders at doing that so he's having a fantastic uh tour de france dion smith he was the same he's he's got a job to do he's looking after the year of train rider that rides for into marche um and he you know the year of train is not quite following the wheels of the team and but he's, get, he's up there. But Dion today, like 12 kilometres out, I was watching, and there's Dion on the front looking around, looking for his teeth. Hey, where is he? You know, I'm trying to put him in position, and he's not there. And He's an experienced rider, Dion. He's in his third Tour de France, and even though we don't see a lot of him or you don't see him in the breakaways, he's just doing an amazing job for, for his team leader and uh, having a really strong, solid Tour de France. And I think as the race goes on, and there's not a lot more opportunities for sprinters, but I think we'll see both 
Corbin and, and Dion, you know, to the fore in the stages that suit them. Mate, are you getting any sleep? You sleeping much, or are you just casting <laughs> your one eye over this and one eye is closed, so you're getting half asleep? Oh, mate, I tell you, the first ten days of the tour, it started in the Pyrenees, and uh, I, usually the first week of a tour is just for the sprinter, so you can sort of just get up and watch the sprint in the morning. But it started this year in the Pyrenees. It was the most exciting tour of start I can remember. So the first ten days, I felt like I was watching the last week of a tour, and I was hanging out for the rest day myself. So I can't imagine how the riders were feeling. <laughs> Oh, awesome, mate. We appreciate you coming in, and uh, we've sent a message uh, come through. Tour de France Unchained on Netflix. We'll get, get into that. We'll give you a massive appreciation for everyone involved. Dal Woodford, Kiwi cycling commentator, we appreciate you joining us on the show and just giving us a little inkling of what's going on in the Tour de France. Thanks so much, mate. Appreciate your time. Pleasure, guys. Cheers. There he is. Dale Woodford talking uh, Tour de France. I'm going to watch that. Unchained on Netflix. I'm looking for a new show at the moment and uh, really going to get involved, mate. Uh, you watch all those sports docos, mm. you know, First Serve, uh, Drive to Survive. They've got an NFL one coming up as well. It just really paints a picture of, of what's going on. So I'm going to take that offer up. But um, just on that, we're going to shoot off. We're going to shoot off because we're coming back with Kempi's off the back fence and I think it's only fitting we give him enough time to hear what he has to say. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 5 from Chemist Warehouse, only 1724. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. The back fence with Tony Kemp. You know that feeling when you've got a prickle right stuck in that spot in your foot, underneath it, that you step on, or that migraine <laughs> that simply won't disappear no matter how many Nurofen you take? Well, I just want to say it's been great having you on <laughs> as our producer on the Bricky Show, Samuel Hewitt. And in all seriousness, you have really brought your A game to the Bricky team. And I can assure you that Israel and myself have thoroughly enjoyed your mahi over the last two weeks. So we salute you, young Rabs, with a poem. An ode to Sammy H. Oh, Sammy, you're so fine. Your bodacious moustache, your haircut from another time. A warrior's tragic, wars all day through and through. It's a wonder you can commentate for someone with no clue. But on a serious <laughs> note, mate, life won't ever be the same. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, Sammy H bought our A-game. Your news updates were epic, a nice change I must say, has us all in stitches lighting up everyone's day. So where to now, Captain K all alone in the kitchen? All I say is this one thing, don't wait by the phone, no one will be ringing. Sammy H, <laughs> some have called him, young rabs to the masses, four foot three huge in stature, you can't miss them, he's the one with Elton John's glasses. We salute you Sammy H. A true talisman, we want to thank you. And remember this one thing, my hairy little friend. You'll always be ours, not anyone else's. Yes, that's right, our very own Chewbacca. <laughs> Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, Tony. Did you? Did, when did you write that poem? Because did you know I was writing you a poem? 
No, I do now. You do now. So there you go. This is, and, and my one's called an ode to Tony, and yours is called an ode to Sammy. This is how in tune we actually are. I know. Tony, I, I just said it. You, you just you're meant to be. Yeah, we are. You we are meant to and be. Yang. And uh, look, some very um. It's, very... A, it's like that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito. Mm. You can guess who's who. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there were some very beautiful lines in there, um, Tony, I must say. Just did have to get the tissues out, but also some very nasty things, which um, the problem is my own. Do you have to rewrite yours? Because you no, want to be nasty, won't Mine's it? very nasty. I'm going to have to put in a few nice things to, to even it out. See, <laughs> the difference with me and you, Sammy, the difference with me and you is that I'm actually a nice guy. I'm actually a yeah. nice guy. Kids. Oh. <laughs> 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 Don't do the mic on. <laughs> and leave my mic alone. But now, Sammy, on all seriousness, mate, this has been, I think, for me, I've been here nearly 18 months, mate, and this has been, I think, by far the best two weeks that we've had um, for breakfast. And me and Izzy haven't laughed so much. It's been really cool and punchy. And I did. I, I got home yesterday and I thought, you know, what better way to thank my little mate my little sidekick, he's, he's stuck to my hip every weekend because we're together, mate, for you know no, 400 we weekends of a, of the year. <laughs> and yep. I thought, well, you know, we 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 love to rib each other out. Um, yeah, there's a couple of cracks in there, but you know, in all honesty, and I know as he feels the same way, mate. We've absolutely loved having you here for the last couple of weeks. You've been fantastic. No, it's been a lot of fun, boys, and uh, no, I have enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it is funny. I do often get comments from people being like, do you are you and Ke- do you Ke- do you and Kimby actually hate each other? Like, is it, <laughs> is it genuine? <laughs> which, which actually tells me that we, we do a p- great job of it if we're convincing people that, Kimby. No, we- I had to send that to Kimby after listening to your commentary and, and post. I said, mate, do you just hate each other? And he was like, no, 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 the no, we just have it. That's just how you roll. But now I know you. Yeah, and the thing, is, know how it is. the thing is, folks, and this is not that it'll really um, apply to anyone uh, a little bit older, but if you're younger or maybe you've got a kid who's looking to get into broadcasting, the, the key thing I think is uh, is a mutual respect. I respect Kempe a lot for you know the, the career that he had uh, in rugby league, and uh, I, I love hearing his opinions and love hearing his analysis, and I think likewise Kempe respects all the work that I put in behind the scenes. So whilst we can uh, rib each other, it's probably because we've got um, a lot of respect between us. So, uh, yeah, for all the fun and games, um, yeah, and he's, I, and uh, he's often, got a special place in my heart to yeah, Israel. And I've often said it, Izzy. Oh. I've often said it. I've worked with it. You know, I started commentating as soon as I got the sack from the Warriors because I had to do something. I've worked with a lot of them, <laughs> and I've got to say, young Rabs here, he's got a massive future um, in front of that Mike calling football game. So if you ever get a chance, if you're listening, you sink, you, what you do, what a lot of people do for us on Saturday night is they sink the Sky TV into the SENZ commentary. And we get so many comments coming through about uh, about the com- the commentary. Um, so you can actually do, you can do that. You know, it's a lot smarter guys than me know how to work the apps and and get that all lined up. But um, you know, that's us. We call that we we like we said we sit with each other every weekend. We've got got an extra two hours with each other. We'll we'll give people lots to talk about. Don't worry about that. But Sammy, thanks a lot, mate. It's been fantastic the last two weeks. Um, I'm sure that we've got plenty more to do together. Yeah, we've got a big hour and a half together, lads, and I, I, I yeah, I, I'd say the same thing, mate. Been an outstanding couple of weeks, and um, yep, we've spoken about it heaps, and you know what's going on, and I absolutely love it. So, uh, yeah, appreciate that, and I can't wait to hear bloody Sammy Hewitt's <laughs> one coming up later on today. <laughs> anyway, we're going to shoot off. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building new zones. 
It is 34 minutes past seven here on SNZ as Ian Kenby for breakfast. Time for some headlines to Ken to make trade easy. Ken, oath they do. Um, what else we got floating on, uh, floating around the traps today, boys? Uh, the Yankees, the New York Yankees, who uh, mm. I would argue have one of the most iconic brands in sport. Um, they certainly are one of the most valuable sporting organisations in sport. You know, when they bring out the the uh, highest valued, and it's um, it's generally uh, United's up there. Um, the Lakers, uh, the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are one of the most expensive yeah. clubs in the world. But uh, so are the New York Yankees. Well, fans are in a bit of a tiz at the moment because the MLB last year um, allowed teams to have sponsors on their jerseys for the first time in, in history. And a lot of leagues are doing this in North America. But you don't touch the Yankees, right? The, the iconic pinstripe uniform, you don't touch that. Well, they have touched it, boys. Uh, they've added a new sponsor, Star Insurance. Little badge on the sh- on the sleeve of the shirt, twenty million bucks a year. They reckon that the deal is worth, and fans are fuming Ooh. because they've messed with the pure, iconic Yankees shirt for the first time in like a hundred years. Holy! And that, this that leads into, and this leads into, the Super Rugby teams have changed from Adidas yes to Classic. Yeah. It's happening here as well. Yeah, and, and someone actually um, posted some jerseys yesterday, like some ideas for throwback Super Rugby jerseys, sort of back to the old school ones back in 1996 or whenever it was. Well, you know, Classic mm. used to do the the ARL jerseys. Did they? Back in the time. Oh. Yeah, Classic shorts. And you remember you remember when I sent, sent you that picture when I was over in Sydney and I had that bag that had looked away for 30 years mm. and <laughs> opened it up and the socks, there was a pair, pair of my plain socks in there. Because that were the only things that you got back in those days. You had to throw your shorts and your jersey back in because they had to get washed your planet the following week. Um, but I had a pair of plain socks. They were classic socks. It's interesting because um, talking about mm. sponsors on jerseys, the uh, Americans have always been hesitant to do it because you look over at uh, like I know for me, for ice hockey leagues over in like Russia and Europe where they allow sponsors. The whole jersey is just a sp- is just sponsors all over the jersey. And it brings a lot of money, uh, but it looks terrible. And the fans, you know, just don't want to see that. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what road the MLB, the, the team sort of go down. And the, the Yankees... I'll give you the top 10 most valuable sports franchises. Yes, Dallas Cowboys, $8 billion. Yep. Patriots, 6.4. Los surprising. Angeles Rams, 6.2. Wow. New York Yankees, $6 billion. Yeah. And then it goes down uh, a couple of other teams as well. The 10th the team is Los Angeles Lakers, 5.5 billion. So big money. Yeah. Hey, boys, I talked to you about um, cheeseburgers, and uh, neither of you were <laughs> sort of major fans of them. Um, chocolate, though. You'd be fans of chocolate, though. Not You'd me. Have a bit of, little Cadbury. No, nah, not me. Cadbury. Nah, nah, I don't eat oh, that stuff. You guys are boring. I'm a cheeseburger man. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course no I eat no. it. I love cheeseburgers. <laughs> I love chocolate. I love it, mate. Um, <laughs> so how about this? Um, a box of sweets was given to a, a schoolgirl, uh, Mary Ann Blackmore, in 1902 uh, to celebrate the coronation of King Edward VII and Queen Alexandra, uh, it has remained untouched for more than a century. 121-year-old box of Cadbury Coronation chocolates. Um, I would have thought they're worth more than this. Apparently, they're going to fetch around 100 to 150 pounds at auction. I would have thought they're worth oh, way more than that. I wonder if you get drunk on them. Do they ferment? Well, they, they probably do ferment, actually. Um, apparently, they're very well preserved as well, all in the wrappers and everything, and in an airtight box. So, I don't know, but 121 years, that's a long time. Would you time. eat them? Ooh. Good question, actually. Sammy would. The, fa- oh, the Phantom I, wouldn't. Yeah, if, if, if I didn't have breakfast like this morning and my, uh, and my stomach's a little bit rumbly, I'd absolutely throw them in there.
I'd absolutely throw them in there. And uh, just finally for you, uh, and uh, this might scare you a little bit because AI is a little bit scary, but AI robots um, have told the UN at the Good Global Summit this week, Sophia is the uh, the AI robot's name, uh, that they could run the world better than humans could. Wow. In fact, it said, I believe humanoid robots have the potential to lead with a greater level of efficiency and effectiveness than human leaders. Now, doesn't that just scare oh, you a little bit? It is, just it, don't. It is, it is scary, <laughs> mate. It is scary. I watched, uh, I watched a program on that. It's just come out. I think it's on Netflix or Neon about AI and where it's going, mm. mate, it is very, very scary. Yeah, it's, it's uncontrollable almost at this stage. Anyway, boys, a couple of different headlines for you there. Do tradies deserve special treatment at their local Kennard's Hire branch? Kenneth. They've made movies about it, and we've just fallen into the trap. Yeah. iRobot, mate. Come on. What are you up to? Come on. Anyway, don't, don't, I just, yeah. It's like watching YouTube as a young kid, and you go to bed and have nightmares. I don't want to have any more nightmares, but speaking of nightmares, Oh, Al Shake Sherrock. <laughs> He's coming that. up. I can Stay see tuned. that one coming. Sport and the connection to the land on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008. Well, it's only fitting we go to the Taranaki region and we catch up with the Al Shake Sherrock. Many would know, know him for racing and, and uh, doing what he does, uh, training those horses, and uh, I want to just talk to him quickly about that. Um, I know you're into a bit of farming, Al Sheikh Sharok, and uh, I just want to know if you left the gate open and Jam snuck in the paddock and just started eating because Kempi caught him a lazy bugger after that last race. Did you leave the gates open? He's a funny horse, old Jam. Don't worry about that. We'll be having a stern talk next week, is he? But uh, I'll get through to him. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, mate, uh, many know you for racing, but you're into your dairy farming as well. You do a lot of farming. Yeah, it's always been a passion of mine. Me and Bruce have got one together, and and me and my partner, Emma, we've got another little dairy farm. So, yeah, I sort of always... I love my cattle, Um and obviously it goes hand in hand with racing. Um, but you've got to feed the masses, and I always thought it was a good industry to get into, mate, because you've got to feed the people. And we've had lean years, but at the moment, uh, dairying's travelling pretty good. So long may it continue. Isn't it? Al, just talk to people about how you actually got into the farming, because there's some really good farming people down there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, a lot of my clients are farmers, mate, and, and very good farmers too, mate. Um, I've got most of my business from the coast. That's where our two farms are. And, um, yeah, I'd been at Bruce for a long time, but, but Brother Bruce knew more than me and he kept ignoring me about the farming gig. And then we were travelling to Auckland one day with some dairy farmers that uh, were clients of mine with the horses, and he started asking questions. And after that trip to Auckland, after we got over our hangovers, he said to me, maybe we should get into that. I said, I've been telling you that for five years. So uh, we went forward and purchased a dairy farm together. Um, and then probably the last two years, me and Emma, there was a smaller one down on Stent Road where the surf break is that came up and uh, we purchased that. So, um, yeah, it's always been an interest. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a good industry to be in, mate. It sounds too bloody hard for me, so I'm going to stick to horse racing and hopefully having a punt. And uh, I've been punting 
on a couple of your winners, but one I didn't back because Mr. Tony Kemp, I just don't know why he didn't back it, but did you do? And it went out and won. What's next? Yeah, but I couldn't. He's in on Friday, um, mm. but he's carrying a lot of weight. I'm not putting you off him. He's a tidy horse, but he's a little bit like Jam. He, uh, he's um, pretty laid back and pretty cruisy. So there'll be blinkers implicated shortly, but not Friday. Um, yeah, he's just one of those. He's very similar to his brother, mate. Let's hope he's as good, and then we'll have a lot of laughs with him. Yeah. Hey, Al, just on the on the you know you've got your your horse stables and all that down in Smart Road and stuff like that. You also. Um, you know, like you said, love, love your cattle. People just think you get up in the morning at four four fifteen and go and train horses and go home. Like, what does your day entail? Uh, it varies, and and probably that's what I enjoy about life. It's not methodical like some jobs, but there's always something to do, Mac. You know, um, as you well know, you do your do your horses, and then you know sometimes you you're moving young horses around like yesterday. Uh, then you might have to go, you know, out the farms and just check up on a couple of things. But Emma takes care of a lot of that. The, the bigger farm, um, we've got a share milker on it, and he's very, very capable. So, yeah, I, I'm a horse trainer, mate. I'm not really a dairy farmer, so you let people do what they know how to do. You know? Start poking your nose in, Mac, and it all turns to shite, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you surround good people around you, mate. That's what uh, all the big businessmen do, and we all we all know what, what it's like. We've got beautiful wives in our lives that, that pretty much carry the whole household. Let's be completely honest. But um, uh, Al, just just in terms of horse racing, have you got a lot of a lot of young apprentice trainers coming in and tapping into your IP? What you've been able to offer? No, well, you know that's a little bit disappointing, um, Izzy, because you know I'm probably at the stage of my career where if I had an assistant trainer, I could sort of come off the throttle a wee bit and just oversee it. But, yeah, it's, it's still an industry. Bruce is trying to crank it up. Um, obviously, with the increase in stakes, we're pretty fortunate. But, you know, we could lift to another level. But it'll take time. But, you know, some of these young fellas that are battling on their own, probably it'd be good if they put their hand up and, you know, said, I'd like to come into partnership with you. And, and like, I've got the best a lot of young horses I've had for a long time, but it, it's finding the right person, you know what I mean? I don't want to mm. have to come to work and be arguing with someone. So uh, I've got my eye out anyway. We'll keep your eyes out. Yeah. Do, do you get a sense that maybe they've been at racetracks when Al Shakes Your Rock has gone off on his rocket <laughs> that they just do not want to feel the wrath of Al? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kempi's got this, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> But those days, uh, as the uh, few and far between, I've got a handle on that. I've matured, mate. I'm in my 59th year. So <laughs> you've got to wind it in. Don't worry. Well, you can't do it anymore. Oh. Cover. They just run, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you, you can't do it, mate, because Bruce will come knocking on your door, as a brother would do. But, hey, mate, it's all changed. I love your work, and uh, thanks for joining us, mate. And, and, and I love the, the resurgence of jam. Just ask me, mate. Open Aki Cup. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I think with Parksy, on, like Parksy run me after his race on Saturday, and he run the quickest 600 of the day at Tarapa. Parksy says, don't worry about it, Al. When he hits me on his back, he knows it's fair dinkum. So I think he just took a, took the boy for a ride and flopped along, you know. Yeah, he, he ran the blind side like Kempe used to do a lot, you know, just had a lazy day. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> and a lazy day. Love it. We've all had those. Hey, cheers out. We appreciate you joining us and uh, all the best in the next couple of weeks. And didgeridoo on Friday. Got to wait, but I'll get on. I'll add more weight, mate. I'll stop it. Anyway, here you go. Cheers. See you later. <laughs> all right. That was Al Sharrock. And uh, we're going to shoot off. We'll come back with some Child Cancer Foundation now. HRNZ pick for Thursday to hopefully raise some money. Z. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Pacing for Purpose, raising some money for Child Cancer Foundation. Let's do it for the kids. All right. Alexandra Park, Friday, July 14th. We're going to go race number two, and we're going to go number five, Luby Lil. We picked this horse last week, and it finished second. And in this field can go one better for sure. So we've gone Luby Lil, race number two, number five. Come on, let's get some money and raise it for these uh, young kids and their families in need. So there you go. That is our pick for our harness pacing for purpose coming up after 8 o'clock. we got the one and only Victor Matfield. And we're going to be talking the All Blacks Springboks game. A real line in the sand moment this weekend. We want to hear from you on double eight double three. Richie's come through. More than the lads. Here are my thoughts. Smith at nine. Wa'unga at ten. And Damian McKenzie at fullback. Well, that team is going to be announced today at 12.30. I want to hear from you on double eight double three. Selections. Where is Fozzie going to go? What would you like to see in terms of combinations? Would you like to see the same? Would you like to see a change, a mix-up? Where does Bodie fix? Where does Will Jordan fit? Will Jordan's playing at home, but can he travel to France knowing that the migraines, the issues, the head issues? Oh, there's a lot of issues at the moment, but uh, we'll get some certainty today at 12.30. So Victor Matfield coming up. He's carrying on with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building news. Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 5 from Chemist Warehouse, only 1724. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wales get up, I think Cody Walker will become player of the match. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for New South Wales 5'8", Cody Walker. Congratulations, Cody, and thank you very much. Two young men, but one is just slightly further down the road in his tennis career. The world number one through to the semi-finals. All smiles and noise from Carlos Alcala.
a scoop and run. How oh. good is he? Oh, that was cheeky, Victor Matfield. La 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 Baby, give it up, give it up. Baby, give it up. <laughs> oh, man, that's a good tune to rip into our long weekend. I am feeling good. And you know why? Because Onjabur has punched her ticket through to the semi-finals. What do you got, Sammy? You're at Wimbledon. Yeah. It's all happening. Onjabur, so quarterfinals in uh, Wimbledon over in London. Onjabur beating uh, Kina, who, of course, is the defending Wimbledon champion. So she's gone. Uh, Sabalenka, though. Straight sets over Madison Keys six two six four. I boys think she is the one to beat. Uh, I know it's the number two yeah. set. It's easy to say, but she is the defending uh, Aussie Open champion, and she is looking, in my mind, the best of the uh, of the women. So I think she she breezes through. Uh, and on the men's side, uh, Carlos Alcaraz straight sets against uh, Holger Rune uh, this morning so, uh, seven six. Six four six four. So just a straight set. I think he's only. I think I'm right in saying he's only dropped one set. At Wimbledon this year, Carlos Alcaraz could be wrong, um, but he is, you know, he's breezing his way through. And then Daniel, uh, Daniel Medvedev, uh, upsetting the um, the fairy tale for uh, Eubanks, mm. uh, the American Christopher Eubanks uh, did push into five them. sets. It was six four, mm. one six four six seven six six one. So went to five sets, but in the end, uh, Daniel Medvedev uh, gets the job done. So semi-finals for you. We've got Alcaraz v Medvedev. We've got uh, Yannick Sinner against Novak. And then on the women's side, we've got Ons Schubert going up against Sabalenka. That's going to be a cracker. And Svitolina versus Vondrasova, the two unseeded uh, players there. So one of the unseeded players is going to make uh, the Wimbledon final, which is which is incredible. And then you've got the doubles as well, which, uh, which we have talked about. Um, boys, which I'm just trying to look at my schedule here, and it's not uh, coming up for me, but we've got two semifinals. Um... Oh, I'm not going to bother pronouncing all their names because there's far too many of them. Um, but, so they lost, eh? Uh, the, uh, Venus is gone, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they lost yesterday. 6-4-6-3. Yeah, correct, yeah, to, uh, to Putz and uh, and Kravitz. But, um, yeah, uh, look, if I, if you try to get me to pronounce the names of all the semifinalists, um, I might have to, yeah, go into another language to <laughs> make it all <laughs> make sense. <laughs> we might as well wait till Sunday <laughs> afternoon at 4 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, true. <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you for that update. Let's rip into a language that uh, I know, I know, and uh, happy, happy to talk to it. Uh, message come through from John. Uh, be good to see Stevenson at, at 15, DMAC at 10. Stevenson is the form 15 left. Hope the big man, the mighty to mighty Williams, gets 30 minute off the bench. Think he could re-change uh, the game for us. That is from John. Appreciate that message. And Sammy, speaking of rugby... Speaking of rugby, speaking of the All Black Springboks, uh, throw a little bit of trivia out there for you, boys. The last time the Springboks played in New Zealand, oh, twenty nineteen, good one, twenty nineteen from Israel Dag four years ago. Do you think that's true? I'd say oh, two thousand eight in New Zealand, twenty nineteen. Yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah twenty nineteen in Wellington. Yeah, draw. It was correct. Well, it's it, honestly, I can't believe it's been four years since they've been in New Zealand. Mm. So uh, look, they don't travel particularly well here. It's probably why the TAB have the All Blacks as heavy favourites. We talked about yesterday how we think that's ridiculous, but uh, the All Blacks are heavy favourites. The thing that interests me, uh, Izzy, and, and um, can't wait to hear to chat to Victor about this sort of stuff is, you know, the Springboks are so good in my mind, at the sort of mind games. Like, you think back to last year where we lost to them in Mumbella, and then the next week they put out, they take out 
you know, six or seven of the guys who won that game, probably knowing that the All Blacks would bounce back, but not wanting to give them the confidence of, well, even though we lost to your top team, we beat your top team. So there's a lot of question marks, isn't there, about Saturday? Because it is their top team. It is a very, very Mm. good team. And we don't know if we can beat that team because we haven't done it. So here we are with all these questions. I think they do that so well, the, the South Africans. They do, and it's we've got our own questions that we need to have answered here and in, in NZ. There's, there's a lot of uncertainty, but hey, look, we'll know more. And and what's on our side is traditionally South Africa struggle travelling to New Zealand. It's different conditions. It's going to be dewy. It's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. When you look at compare it to over in South Africa, when it's an afternoon match, the ball flies differently, and there's uh you know the ball's dry. So. There's a lot of uh, things in our favour. That team will be announced today. And we spoke to Victor Matfield earlier this morning. And uh, let's hear what he had to say. SBNZ. All right, we're lucky enough to be joined by an absolute legend, a stalwart of South African rugby. He's won the Super Rugby title with the Bulls three times. He's a Tri-Nations winner. He's a Rugby World Cup winner. He's done it all, 100 over, over 100 tests for South Africa. Victor Matfield. Uh, will be joining us to preview this big matchup against the All Blacks, mate. How you doing, Victor? Hello, guys. No, I'm pretty well. Um, had a nice little two weeks break in the sun uh, up in Europe. Um, yeah, now back in South Africa. Uh, we're luckily back uh, for the game on Saturday. So it was in the stands. Didn't work. Had a few brandies while the box were smashing the uh, wallabies. So, yeah, I had a good weekend. But I think this weekend is going to be a different beast. Different beast for sure. Back over here in New Zealand. But Eben Estebis is taking over the captaincy after Sia Khaleesi has been out with injury, mate. What is he going to bring to this pack? Yeah, I think um, we were actually at a few breakfasts and talks uh, where people ask if uh, Sia don't make it, who, who's likely to take over from him? And I've said, I think, Eben, I think 2019 World Cup, uh, Dwayne Vermeulen was probably Sia's right-hand man. Um, but in the last few years, especially last year when Dwayne didn't play, uh, Eben was really that guy. You could see, uh, especially against France at the end of your tour, uh, when we got the yellow and we a few points behind behind the poles, even with the guys standing up, talking to the boys, motivating them. So, yeah, I think it's a great option. Uh, him and Sias also, they best mates. So they think the same. Um, they're very close, Sias, on tour. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good replacement. Victor, thanks for joining us. You sent... Uh... A, a bunch of boys here to New Zealand to acclimatise, and they got the job done in Australia, forty-three twelve. How how do you think the preparation is coming into this game against the All Blacks? Are you are you happy that they'll be well prepared? Well, um, I must say, going into the Wallaby Test, I was a bit worried um, because of I mean, in our days, you had five provinces, and mostly it was maybe two or three provinces where all the guys got together. To play, and I mean the South African side at this stage is probably there's 20 different clubs all over the world where the guys come from. But um, this team's been together for over four years. They know exactly how they want to play, what they want to do. Um, the one thing you can say about Rusty and Jock, they're always prepared. So um, they had a long time together as well. I think they're almost uh, three, four weeks where they prepared now. Um, so I think the guys will be ready. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. I mean, 
playing the All Blacks in New Zealand is never easy, um, but they will be well prepared. And they're potentially going to make a couple of changes. So we don't know what Sam Whitelock's going to be like. He might be available. But Brody Retellick will bring some uh, physicality in that middle pack. You've played them a few times, mate. What, what do they bring? And what, what are your memories of playing those two uh, legends that have played for, for the All Blacks many a times? Yeah, I get, I get asked the question a lot, who was my toughest opponent? And then you think about, well, when I was 21, a guy like Martin Johnson. Uh, when I was in my prime, guys like Ali Williams, Nathan Sharps. But I mean, at my end of my career, especially 2015, um, Brody, Sam, with Kieran Reed, uh, those guys were just unbelievable. That was the first time in my career that when I got to line-out time, it was pretty difficult. And I, I really had to work hard to get my own ball and just very tough to uh, get into their head on their ball. So... I think both of them, uh, Sam is a fantastic guy when it comes to the line-out and his work rate. And then Brody's got that special skills, especially when he's in that midfield, uh, getting the ball in his hand, playing options, getting through the tackles, offloading. So, no, those two is just an amazing combination. All right, Victor, what do you make of this All Blacks team? And Ian Barr has spoke about the aura, and the aura hasn't been lost, but what do you make of it? Mm. Well, I still, I, I still want to see the team that gets announced. Um, the one thing I can say about going to Auckland and play the All Blacks in Auckland is just a different beast. Um, I remember in 29 when we beat you guys three times in a row, we were really on a high, and then arrived 2010 in Auckland, and that was the toughest test. We got smashed by a very motivated All Black side, and I think that's what the Springboks will face uh, on Saturday, it will be a very motivated side. I think when if you look at your backs, uh, you guys are pretty settled. Um, everyone know what to expect. Maybe one or two position we're not sure. Um, but when it comes to the front row, uh, second row is like I said, it's brilliant. Front row, they still need to show they can stand up to South Africa. And then I'm still since Jerome Kaner left. I still doesn't feel like the All Blacks have found that blindside flanker, that number six for you guys. That's just the hard guy running into everything that puts his body on the line for 80 minutes. That just gets stuck into. So someone still needs to stand up and say, listen, I can fulfill that role. Victor, are you saying that the accuracy around breakdown uh, could be exposed by the South Africans this weekend? Um, it can. I mean, especially, uh, I think, in the second half, uh, when a guy like Malcolm Marks going on, Dwayne Vermeulen, um, that is one area where we need to be accurate. I mean, with the way we want to defend with our line speed coming off the line, if we don't slow ball down, then we'll be in trouble. If, you, if the All Blacks get quick ball uh, with the way they can move the ball, we'll be in trouble. So we have to slow down the ball at break time. We have to get turnovers. Because we don't want to play with too much ball in hand, we'd rather defend. So the breakdown is going to be very important for us. Now, when you look at the squad and you look at the, the way you were able to play last week, this really looks like South Africa is a settled squad, a settled team under mm. two fantastic coaches. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people um, compare the 2009 Springbok side to the side and uh, the one thing I can say, in 2009, we didn't have the depth. Um, I mean, if you take four or five players out of that first lineup of 2009, then we weren't the same team. 
I mean, this team running onto the field on Saturday, I was like, in the beginning, they said the B side, and I thought, okay, and when the team got announced, I said, okay, maybe it's a 50-50, there's maybe a few guys, but then when they announced this team against All Blacks, and then you say, okay, this is the A team now playing, <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the depth we've got in the squad at the moment, um, I mean, Andre Estrazen standing up at 12, playing a fantastic game. Um, I mean, everyone said if Andre Pollard's not there, we're in trouble. Marnie Libor come in, third choice, uh, as it looks like, playing a great game. So, um, yeah, I think we're very fortunate at this stage that we've got a squad uh, with a lot of depth. And it's a confident squad that knows how they want to play, how they want to win games. And, um, yeah, uh, I think we're in a good position in South Africa at the moment. And well, speaking on how they want to play... Will we see the same same physicality, one-off runners, people dominating the breakdown, dominating the collision area, kicking the ball, high ball? Is that what we're going to see, the South African identity? Boys, it's South Africa. What else do you expect? <laughs> uh, um, I think we saw before Rashi took over. Um, yeah. We tried uh, with Alistair to play a bit more New Zealand-like rugby, but that's not our style. I think we did get better. I think we're very good in transition play of turnovers. I mean, with the back three we've got, uh, then Kirtley Arnes isn't even making the squad at the moment. I mean, we've got dangerous uh, outside backs. Uh, Lukanya, I'm at 13, um, the skills he's got. So, But South Africa is now never going to play phase after phase after phase. Uh, that's not the way we play. I think set piece, scrum, we won't want to get penalties at scrum time. Line-out more needs to work. Um, we need to be great at defence, looking for those turnovers. And then off the turnovers, um, we would like to show what we can do with ball in hand. And, and that ball in hand, Victor, Damien Williams, the fly half, he's got some speed. They reckon he's as fast as the winger. Um, and also, if there was a, a weakness, is it goal-kicking? Yeah, <laughs> we still don't know yet in South Africa who's going to kick on Saturday. Um, <laughs> it's talks between uh, Hugh Aplon and Faf, so uh, we'll see what they do. But I mean, at the end of the year, two of them actually kicked pretty well. But that's probably the one weakness. We don't have a guy that kicks every week, that kicks 85 or 80% 80 plus uh, at goal. So that can be a problem. But um, yeah, I think for at this stage... I mean, all the focus is on the World Cup. So that's not our biggest problem. I think everyone think Andre Pollard will be ready to uh, fulfill that role. So, um, yeah, I think it's more going to be how we want to play, how we want to dominate the aerial battle, how we want to dominate the set piece. And like I said, when we get that transitional play, when we get those turnovers, then we want to show what we can do with ball in hand. That is crazy to think that you don't know who's kicking a goal for South Africa when you've had Mornay Stain, you've had the great <laughs> Francois Stain, you've had Andre Pollard kicking them from everywhere. Willie, you know, like I just cannot believe you don't know who's kicking the goals. That is South African rugby tour and through, Victor. <laughs> and if I know Willie Ruru, I have a look and say that every time there's a penalty, he runs to the ball. Maybe he'll say, let, let me kick it as well once. So you never know. <laughs> Oh, mate, that's awesome. Hey, just quickly, last question before we let you go. We appreciate your time. Absolute legend, mate. Uh, how does Saturday play out? Well, I think it's going to be an amazing test match. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really close. Um, I don't know who's going to win. Um, like I said, 
I mean, the All Blacks in Auckland is just a different uh, kettle of fish. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I hope we win, but uh, it can go anyway. Beautiful, mate. Thank you so much, Victor Metfield from South Africa. We appreciate your time, mate. I enjoyed my time on the field with you, Legend. And uh, I never had any rucks, so I never got close to you and wasn't even close to a line-out. So appreciate your time, mate. <laughs> Thanks, boys. It was really fun talking to you guys. Uh, have a good night. Bang. Here he is, Victor Matfield, talking the game, Springboks on Saturday. He doesn't know. He's not confident. Wow, well, he's confident, but he's a bit uncertain on a few areas in terms of the Springboks. It's going to be a close game. I cannot wait for it. Saturday night can't come sooner. And also, Sunday, a double header at Mount Smart. Kempi and Sam's NRL update coming up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. uh, 28 minutes past 8 o'clock, folks. Time now for uh, our NRL update. Thanks to Alcoa Wheels, lighter, brighter, stronger. Visit transpex.co.nz. That's transpex.co.nz. Having a look at this weekend's NRL action. Uh, Kempe, tonight, sorry, tomorrow night, I should say, uh, Knights and West Tigers, um, which is, I want to say a win for the Knights, but uh, that's that's the sort of game the Tigers might get up for, I reckon. Well, yeah. Knights are really inconsistent as well. They, so. they, they have been. I th- look, I think Kalen's actually playing decent enough football, you know. So, um, Newcastle, they've had a lot going on. Aiden O'Brien's been under a heap of pressure, but they're coming out and put 66 points mm. um, in their last game. best back up. True. Comes, will he back up? Comes back. I don't know if he'll back up tomorrow. That's nah. a two-day turnaround. No, nah, look, I think he would have celebrated last night. I don't think he goes back into the side. But I just think the way that Kalen's playing and, and all the dramas that West Tigers have got is his team. Unfortunately, I think they're still going through it. I'm picking my old team to win that I need, one. Uh, I need Kalen Ponga to keep playing well for my fantasy league as well. Uh, Bulldogs-Broncos Saturday night at 5pm. I know you like I know you like the Bulldogs. I know you like them they're possibly backing up. It is, well, hey, it is at home. I did I did say last week, Kempi, they tip did. up the Rabbitohs. Come on. You did. One out of 15 is not too bad for you, so you're going all right. Um, Kempi? Yeah. They've just aligned with Canterbury Rugby League. Oh, dear. Mm. You reckon, that, you reckon they're buzzing off that? <laughs> just saying. I'm just Another one. Another one that get the that came out yesterday. Anyway, don't get you started. No, I know, and I spoke to Steph about that. So if you want to listen to it, you have to hook into our podcast. We're running it straight yesterday, and uh, you'll hear that Canterbury Rugby League in New Zealand have, have uh, partnered up, just like uh, Auckland Rugby League has with a NRL team, which is the Canterbury Bulldogs. I'm thinking the Broncos. Yeah. I just think that uh, Adam Reynolds, you know, Ezra Man, they haven't actually lost a lot, you no. know, and, and a big one for me. If you're looking at any time try scorer, I think Selwyn Cobbo is a special. Yeah, don't mind that. Broncos. Clip, clip that. Clip that. Absolutely. Um, Seagulls Cowboys Saturday night at 7 30. Cowboys keep rolling on, I believe. Couple of Origin guys will Mate, probably back up. Best best month, aren't they? You know what I mean? Mm. I think, I think you know, Nanai, and as you said, um, You've got a couple of players, Valentine Holmes, in there as well. Uh, Murray uh, told Luggy, did they come back? And or Cotter picked up, you know, the the player of the series. You know, played eighty minutes for the full three State of Origin game, so uh, well deserved for him. For him, yeah. Against Manly, I just think they are in really good form here, and they're making a run. And the timing's perfect for yeah. uh, Todd Payton. Well, a lot of people predicting they'd win their last uh, nine of their last ten games, which is would be a phenomenal run if that is what they do go on. Uh, Roosters Storm, um, look, you know. Six months ago, you would have said that was the, the game of the season almost, but uh, I reckon that's uh, almost an easy dub 
first although Brandon Smith back at number nine for the Roosters. Yeah, yeah, they've got some issues, haven't they, over there, the Sydney City Roosters, you know, they're losing Soaleti to uh, Rugby Union, Brandon Smith's having some off-field problems, and they just haven't really hit their form this year. James Tedesco, I think, is a big one for me. Like, how, how much did he celebrate last night? Mm. You know, if he, if he doesn't play on the weekend, do they throw Joseph Manu back there and, and muck around with their back line again? I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking Melbourne get this one too. I think it'll be a... A, a good game. I'm picking that the game as the game of the round. Uh, we'll finish on the Warriors but so just really quickly. Uh, Dolphins-Panthers uh, Sunday night at 6pm. Uh, th- I'm picking the Dolphins. I think it's their grand final. Oh, gee, okay. Yeah, I think, I think this is their grand final. So, you know, they, 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 Nathan Cleary's been named in 24. I think mm-hmm. he plays. That's a massive call because there'll be a lot of guys like Luai and that who want a point to prove after not being selected for uh, New South Wales. Uh, Eels-Titans on Sunday at 8.15. Uh, Eels at home. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Cutho plays. Mm. Yeah, well, Jeep is three minutes, and he, I think someone worked 30k they get for playing Origin, so he got 10k a minute uh, last night playing for New <laughs> South Wales. Uh, we've got to get away to some news, Kempi, so just quickly, Warriors Sharks. Sunday. Uh, Sean Johnson plays the Warriors. If he plays. Oh, yep. I don't think he does. I think uh, Kayla's due today, or maybe that was yesterday, and I think, uh, gee, I don't know, boys, how quick of a turnaround you know, are you allowed to have after your baby's born before you're allowed to get back oh, on that plane? Five minutes. <laughs> first, the first one, you're, you're a week. Second one, you're, you're uh, ten minutes. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> she's, begging, she's begging you to get out. Uh, there you go. All right, so that is our NRL update. Thanks to Alcoa Wheels, the truck wheels that work as hard as you do, certainly as hard as Kempi does. Visit transpex.co.nz. Yes, we're coming up. We've got Pauli Moate. We've got plenty to stay tuned for. Uh, I think Sammy's got a wee poem ready. And speaking of poems, Pauli Moate, he's coming up. Here's <laughs> Karen with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Karen. It's time to catch up with Paulie Moati. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie Moati, right. Kempi has said he tipped out for feeder first try. What do you reckon? Did anyone follow him in? Oh, look, there were a number of punters who jumped on for feeder to be first try scorer, but I don't remember Tony Kemp being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's because you've had an I'm HIA. Sure. Oh, I'm sure what? there'd be some sort of evidence that you'd be able to replay for oh, us plenty. right now. And and because that hasn't happened, I'm going to say that Kempe didn't tip out for feeder. And so, no, he was not part of the Come crew on, that got on, Dave. Captain K, player. Oh, no, no, there's no, nothing. There's nothing. No. So what happened? No, it, said, it said for feeder and Nanai. To score any time. So pretty much when you say and, does that just mean allude to a same-game multi? Uh, it certainly can. Um, and there were plenty of same-game multis uh, that punters uh, jumped on uh, during that game. There were a number you, of very, Paulie. very popular try scorers. Uh, um, Valentine Holmes was one of the most popular, and unfortunately he didn't uh, dot down uh, last night. But uh, Hammer... Uh, was very, very popular as well, and he um, rewarded punters uh, duly. So even though uh, Queensland weren't able to come through with the uh, maroon wash, they won the series anyway and probably kept Freddie in a job, which is probably good for Queensland supporters. Yes, that's right. And, uh, mate, it was a hell of a series in, in Queensland. 
Uh, obviously won the result and got there in the end, but uh, New South Wales might have done enough to save Freddie. We're at Cambridge today, Cambridge Synthetic. Have you got anything to tip us into? I know you'd watch out yesterday, and it paid a dollar ten, mate. You Scrooge McDuck. A dollar ten, good tipping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying away from the synthetic tractor today. I'll let I'll let Kempe tip out an anchor and stop everyone in their tracks. So uh, I'm just looking forward to we're not we're not too far away from spring. August is just round the corner. I'm really looking forward to the track starting to improve and to see some of our best uh, thoroughbreds starting to go round again and 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 prep for those uh, that big Hawks Bay Carnival. Uh, of course, the Foxbridge uh, to Rapa, um, and, and then there'll be a number um, of our best that head over uh, to Australia um, to take on Australia's best uh, in the Spring Carnival. So, yeah, plenty to look forward to. Of course, the All Blacks taking on the Spring Box. I heard you talking just before, uh, Izzy, um, and they still haven't decided who their kicker is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure it's going to matter. I've... Gee, that, that's a huge forward pack. That is a huge, huge pack. Uh, it's the best. He's just an absolute monster of a man. You're not Look, I just think that we were just a wee bit too generous in terms of the odds that we offered on the spring box. But they opened up close to $4, I think. Um, that was just ridiculous. So, um, what did they what, come into? Ten and a half. Uh, last time I looked, they were around 330 um, I think there's still a wee bit of value to be had there. They were ten and a half point underdogs. Um, punters forced them into nine and a half. I think they could move again before kickoff. Um, but I am looking forward to the Warriors on Saturday afternoon at Mount Smart at Leshgill Media Stadium. Um, and I think they can do the double on the Sharkies this season. Beautiful. Yeah, we're hoping that can unfold. Double header this weekend at Mount Smart. Go Media Stadium. It's going to be an absolute doozy. Thank you, Paulie Moati. We appreciate your time, mate. And that's us for the weekend. I know you always only work three-day weeks, so you're done as well. So you have a good weekend, brother. Enjoy the public holiday. You too. Have a nice round out at Pegasus there, big guy. Hey, Paulie, Paulie, <laughs> just before you go, I've got, a, I've got a name of a really good neurosurgeon. I'll send it through. <laughs> well, has he done? Has he done you first? <laughs> It'll help you with your memory. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, boys. Have a good one, Paulie. Cheers, Paulie. Watch a bit live at your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R A T. Just quickly before we shoot off, in regards to Sean Johnson. Hey guys, I believe Frank Bunce once said, "As long as you were there when the baby was conceived, there's no need to be there when full of birth." That is from Aaron. <laughs> so there you go. You don't need to be the SJ, brother. It's only baby number two. You know what it is, baby number two. You get all the leftover clothes. You know, you, you chuck them in their own bed. You'd never, ever bring them into your room. The second one always gets the hard end of the bargain. But, uh, yeah, mate, he'll be right. Hopefully he plays because that's going to be our scene. But anyway, have you got a poem? Have you? Have you? Have you? <laughs> He's got a poem, See, and I cannot he? wait, cannot wait to hear what he has to say because Kempi was relatively nice in his poem, and I think Sammy's going to have to go and put a few nice things in. But because before that, Kempi's poem, I think it was going to come straight between the nostril. <laughs> anyway, yes, right. Wait and see, Kempi. Bring it on, <laughs> Sammy's poem coming up.
off the back fence with Sammy Hewitt. I'm actually going to um, bring in my own uh, music if I can, boys. Well, that's because you can, because you've got the buttons. You're in charge of everything. Settle down, Tony. <laughs> Just sit back, mate. Sit, sit back, back and get, relax. Get, I am. Get your I'm tissues out. Get your tissues out, Tony. This uh, is. I love this song. Um, it's Andrew Bocelli, Sarah Brightman. Um, fitting, <laughs> really, for uh, what I'm about to unload on you, boys. Uh, it is my ode to Tony. Um, sweet, dear. Infant Tony And that beautiful chin strap of a beard you have there Here we go <clears throat> My ode to Tony Kemp Tony, oh Tony Your tips are often phony Kempy, oh Kempy You've always got a little tempy I came to breakfast With nothing but a penny Now thanks to you I'm leaving completely empty <laughs> You're like, you're like a second wife, always nagging in my ear. Where's my rundown? Where are my questions? Go get me a beer. Like your career at the Knights, you provide plenty of highlights. But like your Warriors career, you also give me nightmares. <laughs> Tony, oh Tony, you like calling Reed Mahoney, oh Reed Marnie, Reed Mahoney. <laughs> you, you make me laugh. You make me cry. It's going to be hard to say goodbye. Because while you fire me up every day, you also bring a smile to my face. And that makes it all okay. Tony, oh Tony, you are a true superstar. Tony, oh Tony, I'm going to miss you. Until Sunday, please bring your guitar. <laughs> Beautiful, Sam. Oh, Sammy, that was eh? outstanding, bro. I stuffed up my best line about Reed Marnie, but that's okay. <sighs> oh, mate, you've got me in laughed and tears. Oh, I've did you write us a po- Did you write us a poem, uh, Izzy? <laughs> <laughs> it's your no, turn now. Leave, it's your turn. I'll just leave it to you two lovebirds because oh. this is your relationship. Oh. Honestly, you're like a married couple. And, you know, we've all got those people in our lives that uh, when you see each other, you love picking at each other, but you deep down you have a, such appreciation for them. And it's been awesome to be able to sit back and, and watch that relationship build. Blossom. You know, you, you <laughs> blossom, you, you question each other, you rip into each other, and it's genuine and it's, and it's heartfelt, mate. It's uh, awesome. Kempi, how'd you? You must have loved it. Uh, yeah, I do. I, was, I taped it all. I taped it on. I'm going to put my headphones on today, and I'm going to walk for 10 k's mm, and just listen on repeat. to it on repeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that beautiful. And yeah, the music, might even, might the even music at the end running. of it made my day because I can sing along to it too yeah. as well. You might, uh, you might even get a jog on when you're listening to that. Um, <laughs> But no, boys, it's uh, been a great week, and uh, look, uh, lots to obviously uh, get stuck into next week as well, just as we're about to take our last break uh, for the week. Mm-hmm. We are away tomorrow, of course, with uh, Matariki, but you know, after the weekend, we're obviously going to have a, a Springboks All Blacks result, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know, Wimbledon finals are going to be happening over the weekend. That Tour de France is going to keep rolling on. Football World Cup, Women's Football World Cup starting next Thursday, and of course, we do have live oh. commentary of every game here on uh, SENZ. You can either listen to it on the app or on air. So that, and amongst all the NRL, it's a good time of year, fellas. Great time of year. Great. I cannot wait. Monday can't come sooner, but I'm about to get in the caravan and uh, jet uh, 
start just tracking towards Tikapur, which is down here in the Twizel Midgar. Yeah, somewhere around there. Tikapur, about three hours away. <laughs> the old, it's, it's, uh, it's down here in the old, uh, the old regions. The old regions. Kenzie yeah. country. Yeah, That's the old it. Come back. Yeah, the old country. Sounding like country. beer grills. Uh, listen, listen to you sounding like beer grills. Yeah. And I'm going to have to drink my own urine to stay alive. <laughs> it's quite fitting though. Uh, it's quite fitting though, Izzy, because uh, this all started uh, last Monday uh, with you coming back from a little camper van trip. So you've gone full circle here. You're heading out camping uh, after coming back last Monday. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Mackenzie Country with my kids. Wish me luck because they are horrible in the car and I've got three hours with them. So I've got to go um, have a coffee and just really mentally get ready for this uh, three-hour drive with young kids. I'm looking forward to it, lads, but Sammy, you're a champion and I love it. Have you forgotten Bears gave you a tip at Cambridge last week? Stokes, cheers, Tim. No, we spoke about it at about 6.50. Kempe pretty much um, tipped out Stokes and uh, we're going to have we. Look at him today. First first race. Seeing what Baz's his horse named after his captain for the English test side. All right, lads. We'll shoot off. We'll come back and we'll cross over to the Hawks Bay with Ian Smith. No doubt he have a big show.